Welcome to Werewolf the Podcast, a retrospective podcast about Werewolf the Apocalypse. Imagine. Imagine Atlantic City. Imagine HLGCon. The boardwalk. The beach. The hotels. The casinos. Imagine an old hotel, renovated, restored, open to the public in a way it never was before. Now imagine a series of quirky, intense, and interesting event rooms. Imagine the coolest bar you've ever wanted to host a LARP in. And that's the showboat. HLGCon is happening October 12th through the 14th of 2018 in the Showboat Hotel and Resort in Atlantic City. We'll have LARP, tabletop, board games, and more. We've struck a deal with several LARP studios to run a blockbuster LARP, Pandemonium, that'll be unlike any other event in 2018. Find us on the web at hlgcon.com. Come join us. Imagine it, and we'll make it a reality. Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am your host, Josh Heath, and today we are going to be reviewing Rage, Warriors of the Apocalypse. And this is technically a Rage source book for Werewolf the Apocalypse. And to dive into that a little bit, I have to give you some background, probably. Um, some of you, I'm sure, know what Rage is, and it's connection to the werewolf tabletop game and some folks may have no idea what it is and have never heard of it so for the folks that have never heard of it really quickly the uh the game magic the gathering came out pretty much right around the time that white wolf was becoming a big big company in the tabletop rpg space and people were starting to recognize them as a, at the time specifically a leader in the tabletop field and magic the gathering totally disrupted the entire the entire gaming space in a lot of ways because it it was something different there wasn't really a collectible randomized card game of its type prior to its existence. Since then, we've seen all kinds of different collectible sorts of games be developed, and it's really because of Magic the Gathering's pull on uh, gaming and people's interest in it, and that makes a ton of sense. Now, so White Wolf, smartly, I think, decided, hey, you know, collectible card games are a big thing, card games are a big thing right now, let's develop a game using our intellectual property that people can play. And the vampire game is probably the most well-known, uh, and that was Vampire the Eternal Struggle. Uh, it was initially called Jihad, and I think it's kind of obvious why Jihad probably wasn't a name <laughs> that got kept long-term 
uh, to be used, uh, but it wasn't the only game that they created a collectible card game for. They also created one for Werewolf, which we'll talk about in a second. They created one for Changeling. And also, Changeling First Edition had cards as an element of the core game mechanic that you had to use, which was not particularly <laughs> well uh, well accepted thing by the fans of Changeling the Dreaming. And if you have some interest in hearing more about that, you can check out the Walking Away from Arcadia episode on the uh, the Arcadia card game. I. I hear it was an interesting card game. I hear that the mechanics for the first edition that required cards was not great. So there's some stuff there if you wanted to delve into it. And people are still playing Vampire the Eternal Struggle. Uh, It now has a new company that is producing official cards. And for people that are interested in that, you can dig into that. But for a very short amount of time, grand scheme speaking... Werewolf had a game called Rage, and I've only played Rage once. Uh, I've only actually ever even seen Rage cards twice, I think, ever. And it wasn't a game that excited me the one time I saw it played. Um, Maybe I played it, maybe I just saw other people play. It's hard to remember. It was back early 2000s when I did see the cards and knew kind of, okay, this is a card game related to Werewolf, but it never grabbed my attention. Um, Vampire the Eternal Struggle, I got a few decks for, I played a very little bit of it, and it was not the kind of card game for me. And honestly, like Mage uh, or Magic and the other games like it, I I would buy cards, I would play it for a, a period of time, and then I would kind of segue out of it. It was never my sort of thing. So I'm sure there are people out there that love the Rage card game and could tell you great things about it, and I just really can't because I don't really have anything good, bad, or indifferent to tell you about it. But I do have the ability to tell you about Rage Warriors of the Apocalypse. So... There were character cards in the Rage game, and I think this is particular only to the Werewolf card game, that people wanted the statistics, the the tabletop game statistics, for the different characters that were produced uh, for the Rage card game. So White Wolf decided, hey, it's 1996, let's take a look at... um, at the rage cards and the characters that are presented there and write up character statistics for them, which I think is pretty cool. That's a lot like what we're doing with the Beckett's Jihad um, diary companion books that I'm creating with high-level games called the Beckett's Vampire Folios. They're effectively, anytime a character is mentioned in that book, we decided to create statistics for them. Some of those characters are Vampire the Eternal Struggle characters. They are characters that have just been cards up until this point, and now they're getting a treatment as uh, actual statted-out characters in the World of Darkness. So, to be honest, when I saw this book and I saw that it was going to be on the review list, I was like, this is going to be a weird review, but I'm going to pick up this book because it's the type of book that 
I like to have as a storyteller. I love to be able to flip into a book and grab some stats and use them. Maybe I won't use them for the character they're written for, but I can create an entire game off of two to three non-player character um, sorts of backgrounds. And when I've created the different storyteller jump starts, the one-page chronicle jump starts on the storyteller's vault, I've basically done the same thing. I've said, here's a little bit of plot background, and here are the NPCs you need to run the plot background. So, again, the idea of this compilation of characters was something that spoke directly to me, and I said, okay, this is going to be great. There is an opportunity for me to have a book that I can grab and utilize whenever I need to pull characters out whenever I need a quick NPC and I don't want to have to worry about you know writing the stats myself I can just grab this book pull it open possibly even do a random page and go and then I really dug into it and I was happy to say there's some surprises of characters in here that I really enjoy um, that I really think in some ways it shows the diversity that White Wolf was known for. Everyone knows that White Wolf has problems with the way they've shown diversity and I've not shied away from the criticisms of that when it's been done very, very poorly. But I actually do think that this particular book is helpful for looking at the diversity within White Wolf's concepts and the ideas that they were playing with, and they really were ahead of their time really significantly. And it's in a book like this that you see that and you can see how it all ties together. And I think there's some value there. You know, you've got just in the, let me give you some background a little bit in this way. This book is divided up into the various tribes that are presented um, in the Werewolf the Apocalypse canon and various characters that have been created for the game um, that would fall within the various tribes. And you start off with the Black Furies. So you have all the different tribes. You have some other things which we're going to talk about as you go. Um, and you start off with the Black Furies. And I bring them up in particular because of talking about kind of like the diversity of different character concepts here. You have everything from a Black Fury who is tied deeply into the Amazonian, specifically into the war in the Amazon and her connections to um, the El Dorado plot, which is tied into... Samuel Haight and all of that storyline. You've got everything from her to a character. You have Mari Cabra, who we've talked about before. She's one of the signature characters of Werewolf the Apocalypse. But you also have Susan Anthony, who is a woman that is very comfortable in her sexuality and is not a high-powered Garu, but she is different from the other characters and each one of these characters that's presented is different. They're not one, oh, th every Black Fury is the same. There's nuance. There is conceptual difference. There is 
sexual and gender differences. There are really like every layer of, oh, there's something slightly different about this person, their background, their way of dealing with being a guru. All of these things are slightly particular to the character, which is something that I find really refreshing. It allows you to say, sure, these are the stereotypes of a tribe, but this is the range of concepts that you can create within a tribe and have them all be significantly different. And that's just three of the like nine to 15 characters that each of the tribes has. So there's a lot of stuff to work from here. Now, I have to go back. It's been a couple of weeks since I did one of these episodes. I got a new job. Things have changed a little bit. Things are good. I'm doing a lot of writing for my day job now, which is amazing. But I haven't had quite as much time to sit down and do a recording for the podcast. So the authors for this particular book are Tim Bird, Ken Cliff, Ed Hall, Todd Mayville, Ethan Skemp, Mike Tinney, Justin Achille. Now, Justin Achille, I've said good things about this book, but Justin Achille has a special name listed here that um, that's, it is what it is. Um, there obviously was an in-joke going on here. Um, so if you take a look at it, if that's something that bothers you, it's, um, it is what it is. I do think that there's some good stuff in here. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Hopefully that's not too vague and people are like, ah, you're going to vague at us, Josh, and then make us pick up the book. But I actually think the book's worth buying. So maybe you should do that. The, um, the art, there's tons of people. There's like 30 people that did the art here. And uh, most of them are probably the card art creators. So I want to give them all credit, but I'm not going to read all of the names because there's a lot of people here. Um, the art direction was done by Eileen Mills and Lawrence Snelly. Um, and of course, Rich Thomas. At this point, he's the VP in charge of production. Um, awesome work here. Lots of good art. Some art that I'm not super excited about, but overall, you know, I'm not going to complain. The card art was amazing. Um, and I think it's, it's good to have these different options uh, here available. an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. So as I was mentioning before, you know, each of the tribes has multiple different characters that present that are presented. 
and you've got a mix of Hamid, Lupus, Metis characters for all the different tribes. So you've got, again, you've got the diversity of the inter-tribal kind of concepts, but also the diversity of, okay, who are these Guru? Why are we interested in what they're doing? What are they bringing to the different stories that they're bringing? And it's generally, it's good stuff. You know, there's stuff here that makes me like each of the characters here. There's a couple of things that I actually realized I had gotten wrong about a particular character's background. Um, Bron McFeon, I had assumed that he was the uh, the Ardrai or the basically like the king of the Fianna. Well, he isn't, according to this. He's actually just the Rai of Bruna Boyne. Um, which is basically the like second in command of all of Fianna. And this might have changed in additions, but I think that was interesting to know, like, oh okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm totally wrong about the background as I understood it for this character. Um, which is that's an advantage that a book like this gives you is to say, okay, this is, you know, a little bit of definitive information on this character in context of all these other characters is you can see some of the subtle differences that you might miss or subtle similarities that you might miss if the books are separated that you're reading in various different stages. So if you want to pick up this book and say, okay, cool, I want to fill a Fianna Sept, you have all of the characters you would need to fill an entire Fianna Sept and you change their name and no one's going to know that you're you know, uh, that your alpha, that your Karen alpha is based on Bron McFeon's stats, but you can use it and you can save yourself a whole lot of time in building out uh, a different Cairn. And of course, some of the major um, canon NPCs are presented in here. You've got Golgo Fangs first, you've got Carla Grimson, you've got Bron, you've got um, Roger Daly. You've got other folks like that in this book. <coughs> so you've really got a lot of different options um, available to you. And it's a good resource to say, great, <coughs> this is a book that collects all of this information that I would have to have 20, 30 other books um, to pull from. And maybe you have those books already, but you just need a reminder, oh, Anna Kleminski is a great NPC for the Shadow Lords. I want to use her in a story, and I don't have to worry about finding what book she was initially in. She was in Shadow Lords tribe book, the, ver the first one. But right here, you've got her stats. You've got her information. You don't have to worry about digging in and trying to figure out you know, where that is and so forth and so on. So I think I'm beating a dead horse, but I want to dig into one other interesting element of this book is it doesn't just have the, um, the werewolves. It actually has some characters. It has all the characters that were out for the rage card game at this point. So that includes some of the changing breeds, which specifically you've got some of the Bastet here, which is cool. You've got a Korax. You've got several Macaulay, which is neat. 
if you're like, hey, I need a Macaulay NPC, slap open this book and you've got five different ones to choose from, which is great because then you don't have to worry about, oh, hey, I need to make a Macaulay up on the fly. I've got the things I need here. Um, it, it Particularly if your players decide to do something off the rails, having a book like this is really helpful for giving you an opportunity to just be like, okay, cool. This is something we need right here. We're good to go. There's an Ananasi here. There's actually two sections for Bastet, which I think is a little weird. Um, there's a Rokea. So if you want to have a betweener, there's information on at least one betweener that you can pull out and say, cool, here's a character we can use. He's fairly low um, power level. So that would work really well with uh, a, an initial group of Garu, a group of Kleaths or something like that. Um, and then there are characters in here that are definitely like, you need to be an elder <laughs> to go up against these ones. You've got Black Spiral Dancers. And you've got a lot of them, which shouldn't be surprising. But it's helpful to know that if you need a quick couple of uh, antagonist Black Spiral Dancers, you can, again, you can flap open this book and you've got information on them. You've got information on most of the uh, major signature characters that had been out in second edition here. So you've got um, King Albrecht, you've got Evan Heals the Past, you've got Mari Cabra. Uh, but their stats are usually are mostly pre their meeting, and then you've got Zizak, who is the signature Black Spiral Dancer character, and she is uh, destined to kill um, King Albrecht in combat, or so she says. That's another story potentially, but you've got her statistics here, and I think, though I can't be sure, but I think this is the first time you have full statistics for her. You've got also got a full Pentex first team that you can pull out and use, which again is just a great opportunity to be like, I don't want to sit down and necessarily write out all of these stats myself. I've got Fomori here. I've got a first team. I've got Black Spiral Dancers. I can utilize these continually, and there's enough diversity here that I don't have to spend the time necessarily developing these all by myself and of course i know some of you out there love creating npcs i used to i used to be all into it and i'm writing books where i do it a lot but honestly it's not the thing that i love doing as much anymore since most of my games I can keep in my head the things I want my antagonists to do, how long I want them to survive in a combat with my players and I roll with it that way and it works for me. But if you are the type of person that would just like something that you can utilize quickly and aren't amazing at improv, things like this book are really useful for helping you work through that and having something on hand. One of the more interesting bits here is that the seventh generation who were only mentioned in the Rage Across New York book, there are several characters related to the seventh generation here in this book. So if you wanted to utilize that group and um, thought that that would be an interesting plot point that you wanted that you needed more for, there are characters here that tie into that. 
there are also there's a, a vampire Vladimir Rustovich is written up here in this book and he's also in one of the vampire books so you don't necessarily have to get this just to have his statistics but if you were interested in that they're here if you wanted to bring in a powerful vampire into your werewolf chronicle there is also statistics for a for an abomination that i don't believe i have ever seen anywhere else uh, he's a malkavian shadow lord abomination he's been a vampire since 1894 which makes him a really old abomination which is kind of scary but if you want an old powerful abomination here's a character that you can utilize uh, to do that with and i think that's that's helpful there's effectively if you need an npc there is going to be an npc in this book for you to utilize so the book is called Rage, Warriors of the Apocalypse. I bought a copy on eBay for a pretty good price. It is uh, out there on DriveThruRPG, and it is a book that I would say is 100% worth it. And I don't say that very often on this show. Um, I would say uh, there are lots of books out there that I think are good, that I think people should maybe take a look at, steal things from, this book, buy it, use it. That's all I can suggest to you. Even in uh, Werewolf 20th Anniversary Edition stuff, you can use 98% of the statistics and update as you need to. So there's no reason not to have a copy of it, even if it was a card game supplement that was just giving tabletop stats. It's so worth it to have all of those statistics available for the, all the various reasons you might want to do so. So... We will leave it at that. This has been another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am your host, Josh Heath. I would like to give a shout out to a couple of different podcasts that are out there that I think you should listen to. Earlier on, I mentioned Walking Away from Arcadia. That's a Changing the Dreaming um, focused podcast. And the hosts, Simon and Victor, are amazing. You should go and check them out. I'd also like to give a shout out to Twin Cities by Night which is an actual play uh, group that also has several different interviews and the Brian Book Club, which reviews different books and tells you how to utilize them in your World of Darkness Chronicles. So there's a lot of great stuff on Twin Cities by Night. There's also Midnight Express, and the folks, Adrian and the other folks in, involved with the Midnight Express are amazing, and they've covered a lot of World of Darkness material there's also Mage the Podcast, which is a uh, podcast that I have been on as a guest a couple of times. Actually, I think so far all of these <laughs> I've been a guest on at some point, and I think they're wonderful folks, so you should definitely check them out. There's also, if you don't know about them, Darker Days Radio. They're the oldest World of Darkness-focused podcast that is still out there, and if that's something that you're interested in, they definitely have some good stuff. They have a large back catalog, so there's a lot of good things you can dig into. And they're pretty much up and up on the newest news from White Wolf. There's also, of course, the Onyx Path cast and the wonderful developers at Onyx Path, Eddie Webb, Dixie Cochran, and Matthew Dawkins are all involved in post on hosting that podcast. And they tell you about what Onyx Path is doing, 
they give you a little bit of like background into the different development styles that they have and the different books that they're developing. And it's a great way of being really involved in the community. Um, as folks might know, I've done a little bit of freelancing for Onyx Path, and the folks at the, on the Onyx Path cast have been very kind, uh, have said very kind things about me and my involvement with them. And I really appreciate them, and I wanted to let folks know about them. If you're a fan of Werewolf the Podcast, that you should check out the Onyx Path Onyx Pathcast. And I think that's that's all for now. So if you have any questions, concerns, or you want to yell at me, please do so. You can shoot me a message on our Facebook page, or you can catch us on Twitter at Podcast Werewolf, and you can leave a review on iTunes. This is the very first time that I know that I've mentioned that. But if you're interested, it certainly doesn't hurt. This, to me, is a passion project, talking about Werewolf. I would love to have more listeners, but I'm not out there craving them necessarily either. But I'm not going to turn you away, because if you're interested in what I'm putting together, I'm going to keep doing it. But I'm going to keep doing it pretty much anyway. I'm just going to keep babbling about werewolf books until I run out of them. So, again, this has been Werewolf the Podcast. I am Josh Heath. It's been wonderful. Speak with you soon.